Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, please turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. The Bible is the written Word of God. Written, laid out, spread across pages for a purpose. Compiled with purpose, divine intent. Delivered to mankind that people might encounter living truth. And that the people of God might live by the book. Live and live by the book. This is the intent of the Lord. The instruction manual, the procedure handbook, that the people of God might live the true story of Scripture, not a fictitious account, and not one merely based upon the book, but an accurate depiction. Are we living by the book? Are you living by the book? Not just sections, verses, lines. Not living by a loose translation or self-interpretation. 2 Timothy 3, beginning of verse 10. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that is, training and discipline, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Holy Scriptures. And we cannot ignore the word used. The word all. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That's what it says. And so when we are reading the Word of God, and every Christian should be, we need to understand and receive it as such that all Scripture, all of it, 
is given by inspiration of God. This holy book, the Bible, you know how blessed we are to have it? How blessed we are to have access to it? It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the people of God may be complete, mature, grown up in the faith, thoroughly equipped. This is the way of the Lord, reading from the J.B. Phillips New Testament. Yet you must go on steadily in all those things which you have learned and which you know are true. Remember from what sort of people your knowledge has come and how from early childhood your mind has been familiar with the Holy Scriptures, which can open the mind to the salvation which comes through believing in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching the faith and correcting error, for resetting the direction of a man's life, and training him in good living. The Scriptures are the comprehensive equipment of the man of God and fit him fully for all branches of his work. It's the cry of every true believer's heart to live by the book, and I wonder today, is it the cry of hearts to live by the book. We open up our lives that the book might have its way. It might accomplish the work that it alone can accomplish. We read the words of Hebrews 4, verses 11 to 13, let us therefore be diligent to enter the rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, hiding, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Listen, the word discovers our true condition. Philip's New Testament for the word that God speaks is alive and active. It cuts more keenly than any two-edged sword. It strikes through to the place where soul and spirit meet to the innermost intimacies of a man's being. It exposes the very thoughts and motives of a man's heart. It's been said that only a whole Bible can make a whole Christian. I believe it. In the words of A.W. Tozer, the word of God well understood and religiously obeyed is the shortest route to spiritual perfection. And we must not select a few favorite passages to the exclusion of others. Nothing less than a whole Bible can make a whole Christian. All Scripture 
given by God. All Scripture profitable. Now, we might choose to distance ourselves from the Word. We might choose to read only sections of the Word. We might choose certain verses or favorite passages that are palatable to us. But the Bible is clear. Reading from the message paraphrase, His powerful Word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. Nothing and no one can resist God's Word. We can't get away from it, no matter what. The bottom line is, we are judged by the book. Thank God that He has given us the book. All Scripture is profitable. All Scripture given by God. We need the Word of God. We need to know the Word of God. Every Christian should be reading and listening taking in the living Word of God, drinking it in, partaking of this bread, that we might be thoroughly equipped, that we might come to know and understand God's will and do it, that we might be as the Lord would have us be, exist as the Lord would have us exist, Do what the Lord would have us do. Be the very people of God, a people that live by the book. He would have it no other way. The words of Smith Wigglesworth, there are four principles we need to maintain. First, read the Word of God. Second, consume the Word of God until it consumes you. Third, believe the Word of God. Fourth, act on the Word. Good advice. Listen to the declaration of Martin Luther. My conscience is captive to the Word of God. That's the kind of living the Lord had in mind intended for His people. My conscience is captive to the Word of God. He continues, feelings come and feelings go, and feelings are deceiving. My warrant is the Word of God, not else is worth believing. Though all my heart should feel condemned for want of some sweet token, there is one greater than my heart whose word cannot be broken. I'll trust in God's unchanging word till soul and body sever. For though all things shall pass away, His word shall stand forever. And the strength of these words, you may as well quit reading and hearing the word of God and give it to the devil if you do not desire to live according to it. The written Word of God, inspired by God, profitable, 
He would have it no other way. He would have a people that live by the book. Let's ask the question today. Have we decided what Christianity is for us? Or has the Word of God? Think about it today. Have we decided, have I decided what Christianity is for me? Or has the Word of God decided? The Word is the standard. The Word should decide. As a Christian, I have a responsibility and what a privilege it is to read the book and to know the book. To live by the book. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Because I am a Christian, therefore, every day in which I do not penetrate more deeply into the knowledge of God's Word in Holy Scripture is a lost day for me. I can only move forward with certainty upon the firm ground of the Word of God. And as a Christian, I learn to know the Holy Scriptures in no other way than by hearing the Word preached and by prayerful meditation. Read it out loud. Preach it to yourself. Meditate. Pray over it. Receive the delivered Word of God as preached. and Let it work on you and let it work in you. He would have it no other way. I wonder if there's a teacher in the house today. What if you gave your students a book? A book you knew they needed and needed to know in order to succeed, in order to proceed in the right manner, in order to be equipped. A book of immense value. And you encouraged them, and you counseled them, you exhorted them. You came to them time and time again. You said, read the book, know the material. What if they never cracked the book? Or only chose pieces and parts? Would you deem the student wise? Or foolish. You see, the standard does not change. The Word of God. It cannot be amended. Our pining for an easier way, a different way, a less taxing way will not be met with concession. An unholy grasp for freedom from the confines of the Word, and yet only the truth sets us free. If I am not living by the book, I am not free. John Stott said, We must allow the Word of God to confront us, to disturb our security, to undermine our complacency, and to overthrow our patterns of thought and behavior. That's the way of the Christian, that's the way of God's people. The book cannot be tamed. The book cannot be changed. It cannot be altered. Human attempt means nothing. It's the fool's errand. 
Why on earth would we want less than the whole book? I don't like partial truth. All Scripture. That's what the Word says. Why on earth would we choose less than the whole book? Well, it can only be because of pride and reluctance, an unwillingness to change, arrogance, self-reliance, selfishness, self-assurance, self-focus, a decision to be the Lord of our own life, deception. One who is truly surrendered to the Lord longs to live by the book. It's sweeter than honey. It's true bread. Are we in the camp of those that criticize the Word of God? Is there room for scholarly criticism? Well, R.C. Sproul said, it is fashionable in some academic circles to exercise scholarly criticism of the Bible. In doing so, scholars place themselves above the Bible and seek to correct it. If indeed the Bible is the Word of God, nothing could be more arrogant. It is God who corrects us. We don't correct Him. We do not stand over God, but under Him. All Scripture is given by God. And it's all profitable. The Lord would have us be a people that live by the book. But we understand that the reality is, on this side of eternity, we are given the choice to believe what we want to believe. Our beliefs affect our living. They affect our life, our lifestyle, our choices, our decisions. They affect the next generation. And we can believe whatever we want, and yet that in no way makes it right or makes it true. These words are fitting. The words of C.S. Lewis, a man can no more diminish God's glory by refusing to worship him than a lunatic can put out the sun by scribbling the word darkness on the walls of his cell. Charles Spurgeon said, the word of God is the anvil upon which the opinions of men are smashed. We can believe whatever we want to believe. It doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean it's true. Might be living a fictitious form of Christianity. We've decided that we'll live by a loose translation or a self determined interpretation. Don't we'll rely on that and claim, claim freedom. But God knows. He sees. Nothing is hidden. Nothing is hidden. 
Have you read the Bible? Have you let the Bible read you? If you will read the Word, you will come to know that indeed it is living and active. As one stated, when you have read the Bible, you will know it is the Word of God because you will have found it the key to your own heart, your own happiness, and your own duty. Are we scared of the book? Fearful? Fearful of what it will do to us? Of what it will mean for us? The book is life. The book is hope. Is there not a desperate cry within for truth? I remember singing an old song many years ago, and I shared this before. I said on Sunday how much I want revival, and then on Monday I can't even find my Bible. Where is the power, the power of the cross in my life? Live by the book. It's so true that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Open the Bible. Read it. Read it out loud. Read it to yourself and over yourself. Drink it in when it is read. D.L. Moody said, I prayed for faith and thought that someday faith would come down and strike me like lightning. But faith did not seem to come. One day I read in the 10th chapter of Romans, now faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I had closed my Bible and prayed for faith. I now opened my Bible and began to study, and faith has been growing ever since. Low on faith, get in the Word. Have no faith, get in the Word. R.C. Sproul, the more I expose myself to the Word of God, the greater my faith will be. We need to feed on the Word of God. You know, some are drawn to certain texts while neglecting and setting aside others because they only want to hear certain things. I'd venture to say that some would only read certain psalms or certain proverbs, certain sections. Second Timothy 4, verses 1 to 5. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come 
when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Is it possible to live a fictitious form of Christianity? You see, Jesus set the standard and the Word of God set the standard. The Word of God is the standard. Is it possible to live in a fictitious form? Reading from the message, you're going to find that there will be times when people will have no stomach for solid teaching. But will fill up on spiritual junk food, catchy opinions that tickle their fancy, They'll turn their backs on truth and chase mirages. But you, keep your eye on what you're doing. Accept the hard times along with the good. Keep the message alive. Do a thorough job as God's servant. Philip's New Testament, for the time is coming when men will not tolerate wholesome teaching. This is not the opinion of man. This is the written word of God. All scripture is given by inspiration. All scripture is profitable. For the time is coming when men will not tolerate wholesome teaching. They will want something to tickle their own fancies. And they'll collect teachers. You know, think about it. The day and age we live in, you collect certain podcasts. You collect certain books. that are palatable, and others that are hard, that would seek to correct, rebuke, have us repattern our lives, reset our lives according to the truth of Scripture we reject. Those are for somebody else. What's the word saying here? For the time is coming when men will not tolerate wholesome teaching. They will want something to tickle their own fancies and they will collect teachers who will pander to their own desires. They will no longer listen to the truth but will wander off after man-made fictions. For yourself, stand fast in all that you are doing, meeting whatever suffering this may involve. Go on steadily preaching the gospel and carry out to the full the commission that God gave you. I wonder, what do we do and how do we react when we are confronted with the portion of Scripture that speaks to folly concerning our way? Is it okay with the Lord for people to pick and choose sections to believe Sections to live by, sections to obey while ignoring and casting aside the rest? Is this what he had in mind? 
Is he looking down from heaven upon such a people and he's pleased? Happy with the state of modern Christianity? Thank God for those that have not bowed the knee to Baal. God has reserved a remnant. You know, that's where we are today. And this manner has existed in the previous generations as well. In all honesty, how is your conscience before God? You know, judge yourself lest you be judged. Not only that, open yourself up to the Lord to be judged. And let the Word work. It's for your good. It's for your prospering in the earth. For profit that you might be thoroughly equipped. Why reject it? Why distance self from it? Why? Is it so we can go on living the way we're living? Or go on living the way we want to? God gave us the word for a reason. Divine purpose, holy intent. Because he loves you. So he gave you a book. Like a father. With such a heart for his child, for his son, for his daughter. And all the wisdom and all the understanding and all the truth that the father knows. Places in the hand this child and says, read it. Live by it. Now, we're not talking about a mortal father. If you know how to give good gifts, how much more? <laughs> how is our conscience before God? Are we humbly confident? We're not quite sure. Are we self-convincing or convinced of the Spirit and approved by the Word? It's not on the screen, but 2 Corinthians 10, 17 and 18, He who glories, let him glory in the Lord. For not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. For the words of Martin Luther, he said, God wants our conscience to be certain and sure that it is pleasing to him. This cannot be done if the conscience is led by its own feelings, but only if it relies on the word of God. We need the word of God. Receive the word today, but you 
Be watchful in all things. Stand fast. Continue in the way. Press on by the book. Don't stomach inferior teaching. Don't chase mirages. The fictions of man. Keep your eye on where you're headed and what you're doing. Keep the message alive. Let's have the worship team return today. Matthew 24, verse 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, that is empty, without fruit, but it shall accomplish what I please. It's always returning with an answer. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Church, brothers and sisters, Christians, those who call themselves disciples of Jesus Christ, we are called to live by the book. That's the standard. No more, no less. And when a new revelation is revealed to us, let us quickly and gladly receive it and adhere to it. We are responsible for the level of revelation received. Live by the book according to its precepts, line upon line, precept upon precept. And by it, you shall live. It is the life-giving book. I share these words. In no other kingdom does God rule as supremely and as powerfully as in his own kingdom, the one he has established in the hearts of his people. Jesus said, Behold, the kingdom of God is within you, Luke 17, 21. And it is within this kingdom, the realm of our hearts, that Christ rules supreme over his people, guiding us, healing us, governing our actions and behavior. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Isaiah 9, 7. This verse speaks of Jesus' endless rule throughout eternity, yet it also has another significant meaning. We must always increase our submission to our king's rule. Can you honestly say that day after day, Jesus' government over you is increasing? Are you bringing your behavior more and more under his authority? You may wonder if Jesus is in heaven ruling in all authority at the right hand of the Father, how does he go about governing his kingdom here on earth? We find the answer in the book of Hebrews. The author tells us that in the Old Testament, God spoke to his people through the prophets, but today the Lord has chosen to speak through his Son. Jesus is God's explicit message to us, the divine word made flesh. In turn, the Father has sent the Holy Ghost to us today to remind us of the words Jesus spoke while on earth. Thus, Jesus governs us by the written, revealed word of God. The Bible is our ruler's scepter by which he makes his word known to us.
If you want to hear the testimony of a man who was governed by God's written word, you can find it in Psalm 119.11. Thy word I have hid in mine heart that I might not sin against you. What an honor to have a Bible. How blessed we are to have the book of God, the truth, in a world full of deception and lies. Only the truth shall set you free. Are you not desperate for truth? To know the word, to live by the book. As we mature, and we read certain scriptures and they come and they confront us and convict us and rebuke us. The more mature, more mature we are, the quicker we are to receive the correction. Because we know it's for our good. It's to bless us. The words of Jonathan Edwards, you all have by you, and if you don't have a Bible, on your way out today, the ushers would love to give you one. You all have by you a large treasure of divine knowledge in that you have the Bible in your hands. Therefore, be not contented in possessing but a little of this treasure. Let's stand today. And Lord, I thank you for your holy book the divine revelation, the living word of God. Where would we be without your living word? Who would we be? How would we know? How would we follow the way? How would we know truth? Lord, you've given your word. And so we thank you. you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, by the Word of God according to divine truth, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. Sin separated us from a holy God. The only way back is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, sent into this world to walk in this world, to live life in this world, to show us how to live. And the only hope was in the Lamb of God, the Son of God, the perfect, sinless, spotless one, ascending Calvary's hill. And on that hill, Skull Hill, they nailed him to a cross, the Savior of humanity, beaten bloody for the sins of people. Sin created a chasm that not one of us could cross, no matter if we tried to do good or be good or act good, to fix our ways, to reset our life, to leave things behind, the only hope that the Son of God, Jesus Christ, laid down his life. 
And because he did, we can cross that chasm and be reconciled unto the Father. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, the Bible is clear. Repent. We must repent. Understand that we are sinful and we need a Savior. That's you today. It's more than just answering an altar call. It's more than just coming to the front. It's more than repeating a prayer. It's a decision to truly follow, to lay down your life, to surrender, to surrender all. Not just sections and pieces and parts and lines of your life and the story of your life, but all of it. That's what it means. That's what it means to receive the gift of salvation. And we go on from there, for we know we must grow and mature. Repent, be baptized. Have you been baptized? Water baptized, that watery grave? Jesus subjected himself to water baptism. And he said, it's fitting to fulfill all righteousness. And so it just so happens we have water baptism service next Sunday morning. If you have not been water baptized, I mean, what are you waiting for?